Good evening, and welcome to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season including some that ran only one episode. Today is a request by a friend of the show, Jeff Stormer. And with me, as always, is Noah Houlihan. This podcast isn't going to start with a whimper, but with a bang! R.I.P. and peace, our microphone. That's it! Welcome to Wrestling Society X! Yes! Welcome to the bunker. The bunker, where pretty decent pro wrestling happens. Yes. And very weird camera effects. Yes. I am so excited to talk about Wrestling Society. So we're uh, we're doing things a little differently this episode, in that Noah comes preloaded with a lot of professional wrestling information. Yes. So he's going to be driving the bus a little more on this one. Yeah, on top of that. I know a lot about Wrestling Society X. Wrestling Society X is a DVD that I have bought at least twice. And I bought you at least once. Yes. Because I bought this DVD for my good friend Mike for Christmas. And I didn't see him at Christmas time. So I opened it and I watched it. And then I had to buy him another copy. And then uh, I bought you another copy that you've lost, and we watched it on YouTube. Yes. I don't know what happened to my my beloved Wrestling Society X DVDs. These are, they're full of of lots of goodies. Yeah, and they are available on just Amazon. This is not hard to come by. Yeah, so pick this one up or watch it on YouTube because I got a lot to say. Yeah. So Wrestling Society X is meant to be an underground wrestling society. And it's anti-establishment. And it's on MTV. And it only runs a half hour. Yes. And that is very important to keep in mind as we talk. And it runs a quick half hour. Yeah, it sprints a half hour. Because each episode is actually only 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Usually a standard television episode runs 23 minutes long. Yes. Seven minutes is usually standard for commercials. So every episode starts with this animation of like going down a hallway. And then the camera post like looks over at a poster. And you'll see like a little bit of what's action you'll see that night yes and the announcement of tonight's musical guest yes who did perform but we never see it we've no we never see the performance because there's no time for it it definitely feels like they thought they were going to get an hour yes and they didn't they also do cut up the matches quite a lot yes yes so we i have to just say this that the the dvd menu is walking down that hallway. Yeah. But without the music and without the posters. So it's just like sound effects of walking down a hallway like ooh, 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 and then just stopping and staring at a wall for a moment. <laughs> and then walking down the hallway more. Huh. So we then get our host 
Welcome to Wrestling Society X. My name is Chris Gloss, standing next to Brenner. And tonight, our main event, the first ever WSX Rumble. That's right, 10 men will enter the ring with one mission, and that is to grab one of two contracts suspended 20 feet above the ground to solidify themselves in a match next week to determine who will be the first ever WSX champion. Would you believe me if I told you that one of them is not a wrestling commentator? I'm going to guess it is Brett Ernst. Yeah, Brett Ernst was a stand-up comedian that got pulled into this. He's also an actor whose uh, credits are not a... No. Not anything really to write home about no he didn't do anything good but every once in a while i see that he's at helium and i'm like ah oh, it's the guy from wrestling society x huh so then we meet our ring announcer fabian Kalen, who i love yeah he just he has the mr kennedy like fancy boxing microphone that comes down from the ceiling yes and is always screaming and insane now, down to the ring to Fabian Kalen. Welcome to Wrestling Society X! Tonight, the world of WSX begins. And it begins not with a whimper, but with a... Yeah, he is... Very, very high energy. So, this brings us to my first question for Laura. Do you get his name? Fabian Kalen? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I As soon as you say his name is a pun, I get yes, it. it is. But I didn't, it didn't occur to me. It is a pun off of K-fabe. K-fabe. Which is a word meant for... Uh, the protection of professional wrestling is a legitimate sport. Yes. So anyone that like yeah. broke the legitimacy would be known as breaking kayfabe. Yeah. And Fabian Kalen is our ring announcer. Now, And he slowly appears to go crazy over the series. Yes. Funny you bring that up. Okay. When the show was originally pitched to MTV, they were like, this is our ring announcer. He's going to be like a ringmaster of like a dark circus mm-hmm. and they're like we hate that idea we want him to be like a rock star so they were like ah, fine so they dressed him up in just like a button-down shirt and made him like a rocker after they filmed the pilot mtv was like we hate this go back to the ringmaster idea and they said well here's the thing we can't just change him We've established him as a character. So, slowly over time, he becomes that ringmaster character. He slowly becomes Malcolm McDowell from A Clockwork Orange, right down to the makeup. Yeah, he's got the makeup, he's got the white suit at the end with the suspenders. Oh, he's so great. (laughs) He's a very... And I'm used to a very different kind of ring announcer because I've, I've watched some of the wrestling... Yes. Um, but I'm used to WWEs, which are very, like, smooth and professional. Uh, and then, like, some other promotions I've seen where it's, like, Chikara. He reminds me closest to Gavin Loudspeaker from Chikara. Yes, yes. Also known as Loud Noxious. Yes, Loud and Noxious. <laughs> um, 
Like that kind of level of energy. Yeah, he's just constantly screaming and like we are setting the the stage that this is not WWE. Right. This is something else. So get excited. And the way they set that pace is with our first matchup, which is Matt Seidel versus Jack Evans. And uh, Matt Seidel, for those of you who are WWE folk who wandered in here, uh, he's Evan Bourne. Yes, Evan Bourne, who, uh, or Evan Airborne. Yes. Well, he, was, he also wrestled in TNA, who was their champion for a little bit as Matt Seidel. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Jack Evans is now part of All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, he was in Double or Nothing. Yes. He fought the best friends. Yes, he did. And my first independent wrestling show I ever went to, he wrestled the first match. So I was always a big Jack Evans fan. So when I turned this show on the first time in 2007, and it started with Jack Evans, I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. And like... This was a big deal for you, this show. Yes, I love this show. Uh, I watched it every week in college. This show is so much fun. And we have our first match, which is super high-flying, super flippy. And, uh, of course, Matt Seidel has his girlfriend, Lizzie Valentine. Yes. And they were the prom king and queen? Essentially. And now they're still together. Yeah, and, like, Lizzie Valentine is dressed like 2007. Like, just picture 2007, for those of you who are, you know, old enough to remember the fashion of 2007. It's that. It's exactly what you're picturing. It's exactly that terrible, terrible mid-2000s fashion. Yep. So they have a very flippy match that goes by super quick. And you'll notice there are no, like, wrist locks headlocks, rest holds, anything like that. No. They're just constantly flying around the ring. Yes. And uh, the whole match is 3 minutes 20 seconds. Yes. And, like, in wrestling time, that is very short. And they constantly say, you know, this match is scheduled for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. Yes. Which is half an episode, so... (laughs) Yeah, and, I mean, every episode starts with the same two minutes of stuff. It's... The intro, introducing Brett Ernst and Chris Kloss, introducing a musical guest, and then going to Fabian Kalin, who does his little bit, and there is a disclaimer crawl. Yes. Because this was not that long after Jackass. Yes, about that. Yes. MTV did not allow them to do anything where it's a strike to the head. Yeah, they were very squeamish about imitable acts. Yes, so there's that's why there's like very few like punches and things like that. There's I don't think there's any DDTs. There's a couple pile drivers, and that's why the show goes so far into crazy town. Yes, well they actually get away with two strikes to the head, mm-hmm. and I will point them out as they come up. Yeah, because I because I also did some research into the show, and uh, when they were pitching the show. They were kind of just throwing stuff out to see if MTV would bite. Mm-hmm. And apparently you can't say Piranha Deathmatch. Oh, uh, I was hoping you didn't know that. <laughs> no, I, I do research. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, basically, they, they're they like, yeah, there, here's all these different crazy deathmatches. And they say Piranha Deathmatch and it, as something like, we'll throw that at them and then we'll tone it down. And they're like, oh, we definitely want that. So this whole season 
is building up to a piranha death match. Yes. We then have to move on to how they're going to crown a champion. Yes. And I like this. It is a royal rumble of sorts where mm-hmm. people will be called out a- after a certain number of time, amount of time. And then if they are thrown over the top rope to the floor, they're eliminated. And once everyone comes out, there will be two contracts heading uh, hanging above the ring. And if you go up the ladder and get them, and you get one of the contracts, you're in the title match. However, surrounding the ring is an exploding fence, some tables, and a box of live electrical wires. Like you do. So, here is where we see a bunch of people we will never see again. <laughs> yes, we see. Do you do you happen to have the lineup? Yes. Um, Vampiro, Six Pack, Alcatraz, Just Incredible, Chris Hamrick, Teddy Hart, Chaos, Puma, Youth Suicide, and New Jack. Yes. So they each come out one by one and make something crazy happen. Yeah. Now, the, the few points I want to bring up, number one is Puma. Yes. Puma is eliminated during the commercial break. Yeah. And we never see Puma again. Do you know who Puma is? I do not. Puma is the first WWE cruiserweight champion, TJ Perkins. All right, then I'm super glad that he was eliminated because uh, he's an MRA and I'm not a big fan of his. The next person I want to talk about is New Jack. Oh, why do you want to talk about New Jack? I have a lot of great reasons to talk about New Jack. First, one of my favorite stories is I was going to go see New Jack live. Yes. And he was wrestling at the ECW arena and I couldn't make it. So my friend went without me. The guy, Mike, who I was going to buy the DVDs for. I was like, how was New Jack? He didn't wrestle. I was like, well, what happened? He's like, well, he asked for a 7-Up. And all they had was Sprite. So he tried to stab someone and got arrested. And that's New Jack. And that's New Jack for you. Now, here's the fun thing. New Jack's, like, M.O. is weapons. He whacks people with weapons. Now, one of the weapons he uses in this match is a guitar. Right. And I told you, like, while we're watching it, watch this guitar. He hits someone over the head with a guitar, and it looks like confetti comes out yeah they were told the like the stagehands of this show were told to fill the guitar with sugar so that when he hits you there's like a cloud in it like a, and dust they filled it with packets of sweet and low <laughs> <laughs> so that happens and the, and the guys in charge were just kind of like Close! <laughs> Good enough. I mean, we're not going to prop a new guitar. Yeah. So... I mean, the match was happening. So... You know, only so much you could do. Uh, the next person I want to talk about is uh, Just Incredible. Yes. Just Incredible, ECW superstar. Mm-hmm. Very talented individual. Big fan of his. He, he's had some, some rough luck. Uh, I was actually supposed to ring announce a show... Uh, that Just Incredible was main eventing, and he got arrested on his way to the show. Seems to be a trend. Yes. Just Incredible was also supposed to be a star of this show. 
The pilot was shot like a few months before the rest of the... The pilot was shot in January. The rest of the show was shot that November. Yeah. So like almost a year later. Justin Credible is the only person in this match who doesn't win, but isn't eliminated. So they wanted to turn Justin Credible into this like underdog that's always just falling short. Yeah. So that was the plan for Justin Credible. A John Cena figure. No, John Cena wins. Okay. A Sami Zayn figure. I love Sami Zayn. Where, like, he's great, and he's not winning the big one, but, like, he's also not losing. Like, he does not lose this match. He just doesn't win. Kind of like a Finn Balor. Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, So, unfortunately, that plan gets completely thrown out the window, because Justin Credible can't do the rest of the show. Okay. So... Youth Suicide's another character that we're going to talk about more later. Yeah. But he climbs the top of this ladder. This is his first match ever. Oh my god. He shows up, throws thumbtacks in the ring, gets thrown in the thumbtacks, goes up the ladder, gets pushed over the top rope into an exploding cage, and explodes. As one does. Yes. You'll notice this trend a lot with Youth Suicide. Okay. So the winners end up being... Vampiro and Six Pac, who is X Pac or the One Two Three Kid or Six or, or any Sean of, Waltman. Sean Waltman. So that sets up our championship match. Yes. That brings us to our next episode. Now, yeah, like I said, these move quick. They move very quickly. Uh, also, in the aired production, you know how we we're saying they were twenty minutes long. Uh, the YouTube video we watched is fr- ripped from the DVD. Yes. And the DVD and the YouTube uh, cuts both cut the musical performance, which did appear in the broadcast. Okay, that makes more sense. Kind of like how subsequent broadcasts of all that usually don't have the musical guests. But as someone who watched it live, they don't play an entire song. They would have to be playing under three minutes. They would play a little bit, and then it was like, all right, get them on stage and on to commentary. The hook brings you back. They did not play Blues Traveler. No, Blues Traveler doesn't show up. We're not going to talk a lot about the musical guests except for... One or two that are good. A couple, yeah. Because most of them don't talk. Yeah, most of them don't really seem to know what they're doing. I mean, basically there's a moment in all of them where they're like, Hey, so do you like wrestling? And then they name Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, Hulk Hogan, yeah. And that's it. (laughs) So... Episode two. Yes, episode two introduces us to Luke Hawks. Yes. And who appears to be the biggest star in this show, because it seems like he gets the most screen time. The human tornado! Yes, the human tornado who has balls of steel. That's his gimmick. His entire gimmick is that low blows don't work on him. Yes. He's also a pimp. Yes. Because I'm not sure if you caught this, but did you notice him talking about his tornadoes? Yes, I did notice it. It, I was not a huge fan of this character because of that. I was just wondering if that like slipped under the radar. No, it didn't. This Uh, show is supremely dated. Did you catch the name of the human tornado's finishing move? I did not. Uh, He has the pimp slap. Yes. Of course. And then he has another one called That Ninja's Dead. Whoa! Because I 
having been alive in 2007, I know that people use the word ninja when they did not want to use a word that is a horrible word that you don't say. So the human tornado takes on Luke Hawks. Human tornado wins. Uh, not a whole lot to say about this match other than it's a lot of flippy, awesome stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's only two minutes. Yeah. We move on to the tag team division. Yes. The t- tag team division features... Team Dragon Gate. Yes. Who were big in Philadelphia around this time. There's a lot of Dragon Gate shows. Versus that 70s team. Yes. The Disco Machine and Magno or Joey Magnum Ryan, who is Joey Ryan of the Penis Party and the Penis Suplex. Yes. Now, he does not get to use these moves in wrestling style. This DX. is before any of that stuff. He's just kind of a gross. Dude, he still did the oil, and he was still hairy, but it was before his penis had gained sentience. And and this is the first American exposure on TV to Dragon Gate. Yes. And, like, as much as we talk about there's a bunch of flippy stuff, there's a bunch of flippy stuff, these guys are so fast. Yes. Like, the way they hit the ropes is unbelievable to me. Yes. And they're fighting these disco guys... Who have disco balls that get destroyed in every match that they have. And also look like they're full of sweet and love. Yes. Might be full of sugar. Probably full of sweet and love. They have a decent match. And, like, we're shown that Team Dragon Gate is good. But that 70s team wins. Which is weird. Yes. To me. Because it's such, like, a, a campy gimmick. It's a very jobber gimmick. And... Also, this is important. Every time that 70s team wrestles, Joey Ryan requires an inhaler and shows his ass. Yes. So, get used to Joey Ryan's ass. And we don't mean that in the euphemistic, like, he makes himself look like a fool. We mean you literally see his butt. Um, then, we get to our main event. I know, I'm flying through this. I mean, so does the show. That brings us to our main event for the WSX champion. It's X-Pac, Six-Pac, excuse me, versus Vampiro. But a coffin has been brought to ringside. Because if there's not a gimmick in the main event, it's not Wrestling Society X. So, well, I can shed some light on this. They promised an insane spot every episode. There had to be, like, they had a meeting where they'd be like, all right, what's the insane thing? For this one, it's this coffin. Yes. So, they bring out a coffin. They wrestle a good match. And it should be established, like, these are the two names of the show. Yeah, Vampiro and Six Pac are already established wrestlers. Yes. Six Pac, WCW, uh, WWE uh, stars... Vampiro, WCW star, AAA star. So these are like the two names. They have a decent match, but it's kind of hard to enjoy this match because it's not the insane flippy stuff. It's just kind of like, oh, I know these two guys. Yeah. Do do you share that opinion that this match was not as like special? Yeah, and the show, it's also like the longest match of the episode, which is a weird sentence in a 20 minute episode, but it's... Four and a half minutes, and they're a little older and a little more slow-moving, so it feels like the longest match. Yeah, I mean, this is like, Vampiro will wrestle elsewhere after this, 
But uh, I this is like the last major company. Well, this is not a major company, but like we're not going to see X Pac in like WWE after this. He does some stuff in TNA, but like, but let's not talk about yeah, TNA. Exactly. So they have a decent match. It ends with a tombstone pile driver. Yep. Into the coffin that it explodes. explodes. Yes, and when it explodes. Like, it shakes the whole building. Which is done by a poorly shaken camera. Like, the camera shakes, everybody screams, and he should, everyone should be dead. Yeah. But that is not the case. That's a theme with Wrestling Society X. Something so cataclysmic happens that it should have hurt audience or staff. Yeah. People should be be disemboweled. But uh, instead, Vampiro pins him and becomes the WSX champion. Yeah, and uh, X-Pac is still alive. Yes, yeah, he, he will wrestle later. But I think at this point it, it's important to mention yeah. that we are only watching what ran on television. Yes. We are not watching WSX-Tra, which was a side show that aired only online. Now... What happens on those web shows is kind of important at times. Is it? What's going on. Because we also get introduced to Matt Classic. Yes, which we've seen in a promo. Yes. The new generation of pro wrestling superstars showing why WSX is truly the battleground of the world's best. But there is one guy who takes exception to this new generation. Frank A. Gotch, Lou Fez, Farmer Burns, and now Matt Classic. Classically trained in the catch-as-catch-can method of the Matt sport. Sculpted from Mount Olympus like a Grecian god with the hook-and-shoot method of freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling. His full body slam and deadly judo chop don't even scratch the surface of his wrestling repertoire. Beware of him. He will make you his human pretzel. He's here to put on a veritable wrestling clinic. Yes, America, do not adjust your viewing screen. He truly is a Matt Lesson. He was a grappler in the 50s went into a coma and woke up and just put on his mask and trunks and is now going to wrestle and he wrestles in a matte classic style yes a lot of like airplane spins and like a lot of old old school wrestling this would be colt cabana hi colt cabana so we see a promo for him he never appears on the show. No, he never does. He does have some good matches against uh, El uh, El Hombre Blanco in El oh, El El Hombre, El Hombre Blanco. Bianco El Mascarado. Yes, it's, I'm reading it off of a sheet. Yes, it's very difficult to say. So he does have a triple threat match and stuff like that. But there will be a few things that happen online that I will bring up. Okay. And I, I should mention that they do make it look different when it's the online show. Fabian Caitlin uh, ring announces from outside the ring. Okay. Just to be like, ah, it's different. We're a web show. Nah. Now, these were filmed at the same time. 
I'm sure they were. Yes. I'm sure this whole show was filmed in about a week and a half. Uh, you're not wrong. You are uh, three days? Three. Nope, no, no, I'm sorry. Five days. Five days? Yeah, it makes sense. It was filmed from November 11th to November 16th. That sounds about right. So that brings us to episode three, yes. which is... Uh, it starts with Vampiro being like, I'm champion, I'm what's champion. up? champion, yeah. And then we have a tag match between the Filth and the Fury and the Trailer Park Boys. Yes, the Filth and the Fury and Dog 20. Yes. Who you might know as Son of Havoc from uh, Lucha Underground. Which is a lot like this show. Also, playable character in Backyard Wrestling 2. And Teddy Hart of of Guy with a Cat fame and the nephew of Brett and Owen Hart. He's famous for having a cat? Yes. Remember we watched Orange Cassidy and he brought his cat out? Oh wait, I hate him! I hate him! This is amazing. I mentioned it no less than three times while we were watching it. Every time Teddy Hart came out, I would say, here comes Teddy Hart without his cat. It didn't, like, we watch a lot of wrestling, and, like, I don't always make the connections across companies and stuff. Gotcha. Because, like, I also tune out a lot of wrestling. So, yes, this is Teddy Hart. He is a fantastic athlete, but a douchebag. Notorious douchebag. I don't know much about him, but I know he threw his cat up in the air, and I'm not thrilled about that. <laughs> yeah, he do, he's not very nice to the cat. The infamous Teddy Hart story, and I'll tell this very quickly, is he wrestled at CZW's Cage of Death. Oh boy, that sounds pleasant. And he wanted to show off how great he was. So he went to the top of the cage and just did a backflip and landed on his feet. To massive applause. Okay. He then climbed the second side of the cage. And did it again. Okay. And people were like, right, cool, awesome. He then went up the third side of the cage. <laughs> Why? And did it again to basically silence. Like, yeah. We get it. We know you can do this. He then went up the last side of the cage, climbed to the top, and threw up on the audience. Why? And then, well, it was, it, it was dizzy. Because he was doing all these flips. So he gets to the top and he throws up on the audience. And then... Does a perfect (laughs) backflip. Cage of Death has never quite seemed like my cup of tea. Uh, CCW. I used to go to those shows. They're super fun. Uh, M-Dog 20 was not supposed to be his original partner. Right. His original partner was supposed to be Pac, who is... Uh, known in the United States mostly as Neville. Yes. Or Adrian Neville. Yes, NXT's uh, former champion. The man that Gravity forgot. Yes. And And, uh, the man that the visa office forgot. Yes. For this show. Couldn't get his visa straight. Uh, And they will be taking on, I've already forgot because we spent so much time. The Trailer Park Boys. The Trailer Park Boys. Nate Webb and Josh Abercrombie. Yes, featuring Nate Webb who comes out to Weedus when he wrestles these days, who I love. Nate the Spider Webb. Uh, trailer Park Boys, great gimmick. Like, they're just, like they love fighting, they wrestle each other. We will not see them again after this match. And Abercrombie's a very odd last name for a Trailer Park Boy, because yeah. Abercrombie in 2007 
was essentially the embodiment of like the the Matt Seidel character. Yeah, it's a very strange name, but that is the name he continues to wrestle under. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm sure it's just his ring name. Yeah, it's just his ring name. And then we have a scene with Lo, Los Potros oh, Guapos. Oh, we we're not done talking about Teddy Hart. Oh, okay. Because you're you're missing one of the most important moments of the show. Okay. He takes one of the trailer park boys, rips a cable out of the wall and electrocutes him. Yikes. He then falls onto a table and he grabs a bottle of water and douses him in wa- with water, which causes one of the greatest calls in wrestling. Wait a minute, what the hell is this? He ripped that cord out with that spark. Oh. Oh, Did you see that? He's got live electricity right there, Sparta. Oh my gosh. Water, as we all know, is a conductor to electricity. Yes, absolutely That's right. A strong conductor to electricity. He's not wrong. Throws the wire on him and he explodes again. Not to be. <laughs> not enough for Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart then climbs up a structure and hits open heart surgery, which is a big flippy do, to drive him through a table. He exploded twice. Yes. Not enough. Yes. Did you not remember a man being electrocuted? In my defense, things explode at least twice an episode on this show. This is true. This is true. And, hey, we actually don't see him again. So he might have died. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he may have canon died. So next, we have a scene with Los Potros Guapos. Yes. Do you know what that means? I do not. The handsome Mexicans. <laughs> uh, Pocho, based on my research, is a term... For it's like a colloquial term. The handsome Mexicans. Yeah, it's a colloquial term that essentially means Mexicans, and guapos means handsome, and they have two interests in this world: mamacitas and cervezas. Cervezas. Starting the trend of uncomfortable racial gimmicks. Yes, it feels very glow. Yes. I mean, we did just have the trailer park boys. See, but with white trash, uh, Jeb Webb, I think his name was. See, that's not like, but not every white guy on the roster is a racial gimmick. That is true. So it's not the same thing. Um, so they're just doing a scene where they talk about, you know, cervezas and mamacitas, which are the two Spanish words the writers knew. Yes. And uh, they just wanted to establish those people. Well, they are also fighting because yes. they were both supposed to be in the uh, Battle Royal in Episode 1. Chaos and... Uh, Aaron Aguilera. Yes. And Aaron Agu- Aguilera forgot to enter the match. Yes. Because he was too busy with the Mamacitas. Yes. This is a big trend of Aguilera is preoccupied with Mamacitas and or Cervezas. And Chaos is the kind of the serious business guy. Now, is this where they set up the... The TLC match. Yes. I got an idea. I got an idea how we can get some payback on those bastards. Me, you, Luke, and Alcatraz in a TLC match. Tables, ladders, and cervezas. Now, it should be noted, and this is something I really respect about Wrestling Society X. They, I forget who they wrestle. 
Uh, Alcatraz and Luke Hawks. Alcatraz and Luke Hawks. Because Luke Hawks threw Chaos into the electricity in the first match. Yes. Or the first episode. So in the first episode, Chaos gets thrown into this electricity. In the second episode, Los Pochos Guapos attack Alcatraz and Luke Hawks. And when they do it, they attack them with a table and a ladder. And Chaos ends up going through a table Mm -hmm. because his partner's too busy looking at the Cervezas. So they set up a reason why this should be a TLC match. Yes. Like, the fact that they took the time to be like, we're telling a story. It's not just, here's crazy gimmicks. Because that's what this show could be. This show could just be like, here's some crazy stuff. But they spend the time to like actually retell the story. Yeah, they really do try to have consistency between episodes. They try to have a plot. Yeah, so they do a great job with that. It's not just a spot fest. So they set up the TLC match, which we will see in the next episode. No, we see it in this episode. Oh, is it this episode? Excuse me. Between then and then, we see a quick two-minute match with Jack Evans pinning El Hombre Bianco El Mascarado. Another white guy whose gimmick is that he's a white guy. He reminds me of El Generico. Yes. In that he's probably done a lot of his training in Mexico and done a lot of his work experience in Mexican wrestling. So I don't think his gimmick is that he's white. His gimmick is that he's a white guy being a Mexican wrestler. Yes. As his name states. So there's the tables, ladders, and cervezas match. Yes. Which, uh, there's a miscommunications once again between Los Pochos Guapos, and it ends up with Chaos going face first into a six-pack of beer. Yes. and Not six-pack like X-pack. Yes. And uh, he gets glass in his eye. Ugh. You know, it dawns on me now, as you, as you brought up six-pack, if Pac was supposed to be the the partner for Teddy Hart, there would have been two six Pacs in this company. I wonder if uh, Pac Pac would have had a different name. Maybe. Or, like, because he wasn't in the pilot, so six Pac's already been established. That is true. Uh, so, in any case, uh, th- this ladder match is, is decent. Yeah. But, like, there's a big spot into the Cervezas, and... There is a spot where it is a uh, a slingshot into a ladder that's hooked on the ropes. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the times where they're like, <laughs> blunt trauma to the head. We got away with it. The other being the guitar from the first episode. So Alcatraz pins Chaos for the win. Yes, the Los Poches Guapos can't keep it together. And then at the end of the episode, we have Jack Evans outside and he meets what seems like a fan. Yes. And he meets Mark Riot. Marcus Riot. Marcus Riot. Whatever. And he's like, you're my favorite wrestler. I've had all your tapes. And they shake hands. And then Jack Evans kicks him in the balls. Yep. Only Human Tornado had been here. Which leads to a match next week. Where Jack Evans will face Marcus Riot. Yes. So now we're on episode four. Yes. And it's uh, Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. Let's talk about Scorpio Sky for a moment. Scorpio Sky is the guy who peaked in high school. He is such a fun gimmick. Yes. He comes out with plaques that say, 
perfect attendance and most likely to succeed. And like at one point, Lacey, who's their backstage interviewer, was like, he just showed me his perfect attendance thing from second grade. So he just like carries around all of the awards he's ever gotten, including like uh, participation trophies and stuff. So, few fun things about Scorpio's guy. Yeah. He's currently in All Elite Wrestling. Oh, good for him. He's part of uh, SoCal Uncensored, SCU, with uh, Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Oh, good for him. He was also played Harold in the anger management sketches with Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Dr. Shelby. Oh. Uh, so, there's a, a very famous thing where uh, it's what makes them a tag team is Harold does a trust fall into Kane and Daniel Bryan, and they both just let him fall. And they're like, maybe we do have something in common as a team. How heartwarming. The other thing is how Scorpio Sky got his job at Wrestling Society X. Okay. He put in his resume to be one of the wrestlers, Mm -hmm. and under, like, other skills and talents, he wrote, most likely to succeed in high school. That legit is something that he earned in high school. That's kind of fun. And I forget the exact story now, but uh, the creators of Wrestling Society X were talking about like this idiot who put that on their resume as they were like driving around. And Scorpio Sky called into the radio station. They just happened to be listening to and they were like oh this is a sign we gotta hire this guy so they hire him as the the salutatorian yeah i i like him he's uh he's ridiculous he uh loses in three and a half minutes to matt seidel yes and they talk about how it's heel versus heel but they're just they ran out of people yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's essentially it. And then we, like, flash back to Jack Evans being out, uh, attacked outside, uh, which is important. Yes, because they're setting up for the match with uh, uh, Marcus Riot. Yes. And is that the next match that happens? Um, I believe so, yes. So, Jack Evans wins, and he beats Marcus Riot. Yes. Uh, what was supposed to happen next was a scene where they go back outside and Marcus Rice is like, thank you so much for letting me have the match. Jack Evans shakes his hand and goes to kick him in the balls and he dodges it, showing that Marcus has learned something. And then Jack Evans punches him in the dick. The, the ex- MTV in 2007, ladies and gentlemen. The exact wording that I got about this was, we went to go film it and went outside and Jack and Marcus were doing something very illegal. Ooh. <laughs> and thus we couldn't film it. Ooh. Illegal horse betting? I, I bet it has something... Uh, with substance involved. Does it rhyme with paroids? I That's all they say. Oh, okay. Uh, but if you look at Jack Evans, I doubt it's steroids. Fair enough. Yeah, he's like... If you look at his eyes... Oh, yeah, fair. Okay. And the rest of his body, yeah. So then we have a tag team match. Player. Um, 
It is Ruckus and Baby Slim. Yes. Who are two wrestlers of color who are in a tag team called Keeping It Gangsta. Yes. They were also known in CZW, at least Ruckus was, I'm actually not sure about his partner now, as The Blackout. Uh, I don't believe he was in uh, CZW. But I I know Ruckus was. Ruckus was one of my favorite wrestlers. And they have a blinged out ladder. Yes, which is pretty funny. It is so blinged out that it sparkles every time it's on camera. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah, it's great. And they have an open challenge. And out come... That 70s team. That 70s team. And uh, they get... Their disco ball's broken. Again. Yes. And do do they actually beat that 70s team? I think they do. They do. Yes, they beat that 70s team. So you have a team that is already established as a winner, this, that 70s team, because they beat Team Dragon Gate. They lose to Keeping It Gangster, and then we never see them again. Yeah, and then uh, we get a promo from Eric Cannon. Yes, the anarchist, my man! <laughs> Eric Cannon is... Probably the person I know best out of all these people. Really? Yes. He wrestles for Chikara. Oh. Yes. As Eric Cannon? As Eric Cannon, yes. Oh. He was most recently uh, at the the last show we did in North Jersey. Okay. And he uh, tagged in a Golden Dream match where everyone who was in the match had held the Young Lions Cup. So I know Eric Cannon, and he's the best. Oh, well, that's, that's a delightful yes. thing. So, uh, he's currently an assistant coach at the Academy School of Professional Wrestling. Yes. With Ken Anderson. He's he's awesome. And he's the anarchist. And he's going to be debuting next week. Yes. He's going to kick some butt. And that's basically the end of that promo. And then uh, there's supposed to be a match with El Hombre Bianco. Uh, El Hombre Bianco Emascarado. Yes. So I- Which I need to point this out. He does like this pose where he like raises his hands up. Yeah. During his like introduction, he's on the top turnbuckle and he does that pose and he sneezes. <laughs> I just love that that happens. And that it's not like reshot or anything. Yeah, he's just like. You know, it's weird. I can't sneeze. think of it. Like I've watched a lot of wrestling with you, and I don't think I've ever seen another wrestler sneeze in the ring. I've never seen someone sneeze. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. Cornelius crumbles, but other than that, um, but then the match is canceled, and a six pack cuts a promo, and then Ricky Banderas comes out. Well, Vampiro comes out first. Yes, okay, Vampiro comes out first yeah, because six pack is upset that he lost the title. He didn't win the title. Yes, and then Vampiro comes out to face him, and then we meet for the first time Ricky Banderas. Yes. Who is a huge monster and part of his face is burned. Yeah, I can't believe it's not Kane. Yes, exactly. Uh, Ricky Banderas is actually wrestling for Lucha Underground as huh. Mil Mortes. Oh, I've heard of him. Yes. So Ricky Banderas comes out and brawls with Vampiro. He's got some sort of vendetta against him that we don't quite know yet. And he throws a fireball at Vampiro. Yes. This is the single most important moment in Wrestling Society X. Go on. This is what gets them canceled. Is it? Yes. Entirely? 
they were like, you can't have fire. Like, kids are going to throw fire at each other. On top of that, how you do a fireball is you take a piece of flash paper. Okay. And you light it on fire and you throw it. And okay. it goes, and then it's gone. Yes. When you do it. You use a piece of flash use paper. Use one or two. Ricky Pantarist used three packets. <laughs> How many sheets to a packet? 36. <laughs> That's 108 sheets of paper. Yeah. So when he did this to a vampiro, he lit his head on fire. Oh, oh no. And like they had to do a bunch of like special effects and distortion because the fire burned for so long. So this, they were like, MTV was like, you guys are nuts. No, absolutely not. You guys are done. And this is like the moment that gets them fired. Which is very, uh, it kind of reminds me, this is going to be a weird comparison, but moral oral. Where the network wants it to be crazy. And then when crazy is delivered, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, this is too crazy. So we then end with Ricky Banderas looking into the camera, saying, you did this to my face, and his eyes light up like the Total Eclipse of the Heart video. Yes. Uh, the next episode starts with Ricky Banderas doing a promo explaining that they had a match before, Vampiro and Ricky Banderas, where he... Um, rigged my coffin with explosives. Yes. And burned his face. This, he's speaking English. Yeah. But they subtitle him because yes. he's so hard to understand. Vampiro. What? You didn't recognize me. We had a war, but you rigged my casket with explosives. And this, Vampiro. This is the result! Sixpack has no idea how lucky he was that he could have suffered the same fate as me. Vampiro, your days on Earth are numbered! So, for the title, it will be Ricky Banderas versus Vampiro next week. Yes. So, that's how we open this episode. Yeah, this is a... Uh, they start having more segments per episode right around now. Yeah, that's about right. So the next one is The Filth and the Fury, uh, Cat Thrower, Teddy Hart, and uh, M-Dog. Cross, M-Dog 20. Uh, beat Team Dragon Gate. Yes. And as a result, because they have lost too many times. They're apprehended by a man and thrown in the back of a unmarked white van. Yeah. They get kidnapped and just taken away. And we don't see what happens to them yet. Mm -hmm. uh, then we meet Lacey. This is really the first time we see Lacey. Yes, who's like their backstage interviewer. Yes. They're um, Scott Holiday, if you will. Yes, they're Scott Holiday, um, And she kind of exists to have the microphone taken away from her. Yeah. So she interviews Scorpio Sky and... He kind of just talks about how he's going to go after Jack Evans. Yeah. Yeah, he just, like, he's building yeah, the next week's match. Yeah, just a quick little thing. And, uh, oh, it should be mentioned that Six Pac, so he could interrupt last week, beat up the Human Tornado. Yes. So they got beef now, so they're going to have a match. Yep. They have a decent match. 
It's like all matches here. Short. And Sixpack wins. Sixpack wins, but while he's pinning uh, Scorpio, or no, I'm sorry, the Human Tornado, he humps his face. MTV was like, absolutely not. So they have to cut to like a weird wide, wide shot. shot because they don't want to show it. But he's still visibly humping he's his st- face. It's very clear what is happening. You'd think they would have just edited that part down? I mean, it's hard to edit the pinfall. That's true. And then uh, we have Eric Cannon, and he beats Delicato. Yes, B-Boy from CZW. And then uh, the cartel, the uh, racist stable that Delicato is part of, attacks Cannon, and they dunk his head in quick-dry cement. Yes. few important things here. Okay. All right. One is... When the cartel beats you, they leave a dead fish on your chest. Yes. They're always going to do that. That's important. Two, this is the big spot of this episode. There's not an explosion in this episode. It's just a man being dunked in quick-drying cement. Yes. MTV wanted him to show up in the next episode... As Rockman, where the cement had hardened and become like an armor to him. That's kind of fun. (laughs) I don't hate that. It's kind of really silly. Yeah, look at the rest of the show. (laughs) Um, It also, like, the quick dry cement is, like, face mask. Oh, I actually remember, like, finding out what it was. It's like cornstarch. Yeah, it looks like cornstarch. Yeah, that's gray. So that that's that episode. We're just, we're just going to plow through now. These, I mean, watching these plow through. Yes. Like, I don't think we've prefaced this enough. How many of these episodes end with one, two, three, we gotta go. Yeah, like it is crazy quick. And you gotta figure in a 20 minute episode... There's about two and a half, three minutes of starting the show and 30 seconds of credits. So everything you actually hear us talk about takes place over a little over 15 minutes. Yeah. And that's even with like recaps and the slam. Oh, the Quiznos slam witch. The Quiznos slam witch of the night because Quiznos sponsored this. Yes. Because, you know, nothing says dirty underground bunker. Like Quiznos. Yeah. I mean, what really does? Yeah. So then we move on to episode six. Episode six, I believe, is the Good Charlotte episode? I believe you are right. Who are the best commentators? Second best. Well, they correctly identify a dragon sleeper at one point. They're like, oh, he's got him in the dragon sleeper. I was like, whoa! They knew a thing! Yeah, Good Charlotte were... Better commentators than Brett Ernst. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like, they probably could have gotten a job if the show had gotten picked up. So shout outs to Good Charlotte. Yeah, A plus Good Charlotte. Yeah, if you want to do some commentary, I know a guy. So, episode six begins with Jack Evans? Yes. Yeah. Jack Evans takes on Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky loses. Jack Evans on quite the winning streak. Yeah, and then we have um, a couple little uh, mini promos. Los Pochos Guapos continue to disagree in regard to Mamacitas and Cervezas, and they come 
face-to-face with that 70s team who are about to get ready for their match. Yes. Because uh, the disco machine is talking to Mamacitas. To the Mamacitas and dancing. I got a plan. Oh, really? Yeah. See, now you're going to start focusing on the Mamacitas and Cervezas starting right now. They're magic balls. You want to touch them? What the? Hey, Disco Duck. Huh? What the hell do you think you're doing talking to our highness? Huh? Oh. Why don't you make a tree? Hey, get out of here. Oh. Yes. And they're like, what are you doing here? Get away from our Mamacitas. And then we meet my favorite tag team. Yeah, I'll let you do the honors on this one. Uh, do it for her, the emo tag team. Because remember, 2007. Yes. It is uh, Tyler Black, who is better known as Seth Rollins, and Jimmy Jacobs. Yes, the zombie princess himself. Uh, zombie princess? Yeah, that's what he calls himself. Oh, okay. He's the zombie princess. But now he's just the emotional heartthrob. Yes. So it is a, it's disco versus emo. In this matchup. Yep. And it should be... This is a, at the point I want to note this. The... That 70s team gives a disco ball to a fan. Yes. And the fan is bewildered. Yes. Would you believe me when I said a lot of these are not really wrestling fans? Oh, I absolutely would believe you. These are basically all paid extras. Yes. And they talk about, the the creators of the show actually talk about how successful they felt about these extras. Because by the end of this, of the taping, they were wrestling fans. Aww. Because, like, towards the end, they start chanting X anytime anything, like, amazing happens. The way you would chant ECW. Yeah. So, like, they, they get into it. Uh, and one thing else uh, I want to note is there is exactly one wrestling t-shirt being worn by one of the fans. And it is the Insane Clown Posse. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's the only shirt that's a wrestling shirt. That's a wrestling shirt? Yeah, they have their own wrestling company, the Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, Juggalo Wrestling. I... I'm simultaneously unsurprised, but also trying to figure out why you think I would know that. Yes, I believe that is where the humor tornado ended his career. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Facts. So, uh, there's a great sequence of, uh, Jimmy Jacobs doing his makeup. Yes. And then... Our, my favorite lie. Eating part of his sandwich with a come-hither stare to the yes. camera. Jimmy Jacobs can't hit the ring without putting his makeup on or I guess taking a bite of his Quiznos. That does, that 70s team and Do It For Her have a match. Yes, and that 70s team pulls off a victory. Like, it's very interesting to watch Joey Ryan defeat the current Universal Champion. I mean, Jacobs eats the pin. Still. <laughs> it's still very odd. Seeing the current Universal Champion pull down Joey Ryan's pants. That is true. Yeah. Uh, and then we see what happened to Team Dragon Gate. Yes, they've been abducted and they're being tortured. And they're definitely in someone's garage. Yeah. It's in like this plain white room that's like very clearly part of someone's house. And they're like 
They have clothespins holding their eyes open. Yeah, and they're being forced to watch things. It's it's effective. Yeah. And then we see an argument between the members of Do It For Her. Yes, because Seth Rollins hates disco. And Jimmy Jacobs is like, just, you know, put that put it into words. I could have found love out there, man. And there's a great pattern to this scene of every time Jimmy Jacobs speaks, there's a like soft acoustic underscore. And every time Tyler Black speaks, there's like a hard metal guitar that is punctuated by him doing some very metal screamo. Jimmy, where were you out there tonight? Bro, 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 relax, dude, dude. I know we lost, but I got a plan. Uh, is this a joke? No, dude. Just tell me your feelings. We're gonna get them all out. We're gonna put them all out. Jimmy, I'm sore. I'm angry. And and I'm and I'm hurt. Good, good, good. See, fear is the heart of love, and laced in the tears of defeat, will soar on the wings of the dove to victory. Jimmy, you not get it. We lost tonight. We lost. And the worst part, we lost to a bunch of hippies. But but that girl, dude, I could have found love. Look at the bigger picture, man. Isn't that nice, dude? Chill, bro. See? I hate the seventies. Let it out, bro. Let just just relax, so let it out. Did you also notice his side of the screen is very red? Yes. Like they turn him into a big like rage monster, and it's just very light over on Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, I wanted to see more of this tag team because I was yes. I was into this. Well, unfortunately, we never see them again. I don't think that's true. I just. Do we never see them? We again? never see them again. Yeah, it sucks. The, you got to watch. That's not true. We there Oh no, no we don't see them again. My no, bad. We don't see them again. You have to watch WS Extra. They're in dark matches. Yeah. So, after what is, you know, a show stealing performance by Do It For Her, we then have what happens next? Uh, Ricky Banderas throws Fabian out of the ring to challenge Vampiro for the title. And uh, he beats up Vampiro, and then Six Pac shows up and also just starts kicking Vampiro. Yes. And also, Youth Suicide comes back. Right. And Youth Suicide battles against Ricky Banderas. They battle to the top of, like, a structure, and he throws him off, and he misses the landing pad. He catches, like, the corner of it, and then it's all concrete. Yeah, he, he almost hits it. Yeah. More about youth suicide later. Talk about your gimmicks that would never work in 2019. Youth suicide, you don't think? No, I feel with like it's a bad name with for... With his finisher, the euthanasia? Yikes. We never see it. It could be anything. Oof. So, episode seven. Yeah, we have the cartel taking on Eric Cannon and... ECW legend, hardcore legend, Vic Grimes. Yeah. And uh, I believe this is before the the Lady in the Mask shows up. This is the episode where the Lady in the Mask Yes, this is Nick Grimes. Yes. Who is Chikara's Sarah Del Rey and currently the head female trainer at the WWE Performance Center. That is super interesting. Yes. And I forgot... Oh, I'll get into... I gotta talk more about Fabian Kalen later. Yes. So, uh, 
The cartel wins, and they put fish on their chest. Fish. Remember. It's a fish. Uh, and then we do have, like, a little sequence where uh, Lizzie Valentine is reading a note, and my, Matt Seidel is curious, and she kind of plays it off like, Oh, it's a note from a fan. We have so many fans. And then he says he's going to fight the human tornado next week. And that they're going to have, like, he's going to show human tornado who the PIMP is. Yeah. It's terrible. I'm glad you loved it. Oh. So then we have Los Pochos Guapos and The Filth and The Fury. Yes. It's very- oh, I'm sorry. Human Tornado is about to have his match with Matt Seidel. Right. And Lizzie costs him the match because he's so preoccupied with her and with, with this, this weird note. With this note. Yeah. And then we have the tag match with Los have... Pochos Guapos and the Filth and the Fury. And surprise, surprise, the Filth and the Fury lose this match. They do. And it's the first victory for Los Pochos Guapos. And uh, the first allusion to a tag team belt. Yes. Which is an accident. They're like, oh, they really want those titles. It's like, those titles don't exist. The titles are actually announced in the final Wrestling Society Extra. Yeah. They say uh, it's Lacey and Fabian Kalen, and they announce that there will be a tag title tournament. Huh. We'll talk about that at the end of this episode. All right. Let's keep rocking. Episode eight with the best musical guest. Oh, yeah. Stay doomed alum. Mr. Worldwide! Mr. Worldwide Pimple! <laughs> Who is having the time of his life? He just, he just keeps saying stuff like, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Yeah, like, Pimple, good Charlotte knows what they're talking about. Pimple is having a great day. Pimple is just amazed by everything. He's so happy. Yeah. So he, he brings some joy to this. Uh, the Los Pochos Guapos are attacked by the cartel outside. Yes. Thrown into some cars that are, for some reason, have graffiti on it that says UPN. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it was a shot at SmackDown. Because SmackDown was on UPN at the time. 2007, I don't think anything was on UPN. Was that post-UPN? I think it might have been. Like, UPN stopped being a network... In, like, 2006. 2005, according to what you just clicked on. Um, no, they ceased broadcasting in 2006. So they ceased broadcasting about two months before this shot. So it might have been, like, a tribute to UPN. Maybe. That makes sense. So in any case, they get beat up. So we're setting up a, a match with the cartel later, which we'll get into. So after that beatdown, we then see... Um, so, uh, Human Tornado and Jack Evans are talking to Lacey, and they're planning to have a dance-off. Yeah, so that's they're setting up a WS Extra. Ooh, get excited for a dance-off. And then we have a title match. Yes, we have Ricky Banderas taking on Vampiro. This is one of their longer matches. Yeah, it's about six minutes. Uh, it's We have a commercial break in the middle of it. It's so long. Yes. And they destroy everything. Yes. They, they go on the stage. I th- they uh, Vampiro goes through a table covered in light tubes. Yes. 
And that's not the end of the match. And it's not really an explosion. Yeah, it's just a painful thing. Vampiro gets up bloody. Like, yeah. It's pretty crazy. And it ends with Vampiro being thrown into an exploding coffin. He is chokeslammed through. Same way that, like, X-Pac had to go through one. But this one is draped with barbed wire. I feel like if you're exploding, you're not going to care too much about a few pieces of barbed wire being stapled to it. No kill like overkill. But we have a new WSX champion. Ricky Banderas. Ricky Banderas. Yes. And that's pretty much that episode. We see a little bit of what happened to Teen Dragon Gate. Yeah, they're still being tortured, but they're going to come back soon. So that's going to take us into episode nine. And we have Luke Hawks and Alcatraz again. And uh, they beat Eric Cannon and Vic Grimes, and Vic Grimes flies into an explosion. Yes, he flies through a WSX uh, light tube sign. And the creators of the show actually made sure that that sign showed up earlier in the season. So it's not like, oh, what's this sign? Obviously, they're going to get thrown through it. So, good on them. Yes. And uh, the musical guest, Styles P, is audibly bewildered by what's happening here. Yes, it's a very confusing time for At him. six minutes and 40 seconds, he says something to the point of, I think this is illegal or something. <laughs> it is illegal. Um, so then Lacey is an interview section with Los Pochos Guapos about what's been happening. And this is where they announce it. They are going to have a piranha death match against the cartel. Yes. Get it? Because they put dead fish on people. I didn't get it. I just figured piranhas. Storytelling. Yeah, I mean... It makes sense. And then uh, Lacey interviews Matt Seidel and Lizzie Valentine. And as Lizzie tries to dismiss Lacey from their room, Lacey asks them to address rumors about Lizzie and Sixpock. Yes, and she denies and denies and denies. And... Is this where Matt Seidel interrupts and gets his ass kicked, or is that later? That's later, because the next match is Jack Evans versus the Human Tornado. Yes, in a fantastic match. This is because their dance-off went to a draw. So they have an incredible match. It has a commercial break in it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the bell rings. And it is a time limit draw. Yes, Because, as they've been saying, every match has a 10-minute time limit. And the the audience is actually chanting, let them finish. Yeah, let them fight. And Fabian uh, Kalen is grinning uh, malevolently. Yes. This was supposed to be the dawn of him being like a minion for a higher power. That was going to be like the ruler of Wrestling Society X. Ooh. Yeah. And then we see the hot second of Matt Classic. Yep. Existing. He still exists. And then Team Dragon Gate cuts a promo in Japanese that does not have subtitles. Yes, we don't understand it, but he they're going to try to make their big re-debut by fighting the Filth and the Fury. In an exploding cage match. In a, a exploding cage time bomb match. Yes. So that's what we're set for for the season finale. Two death matches. Yes. Now, that's the last episode that ever airs. That is the last episode that ever airs. So the last thing we see as the MTV audience 
is setting up two really cool matches. Yep, that never happened. But we do have it because they, they, it got released on the DVD. Yep. And Newfound Glory is here. Yeah. So we have, um, again, this is a 20-minute episode. We spend three minutes recapping the rest of the season. Yes. So this is a, I mean, this moves in like a breakneck pace. Yeah, but we get a lot of good stuff here. Uh, so we have the cartel match where they bring out a case of piranhas and you have to be thrown in. The lid has to be put on for a three count. Yes. Now, Laura. Yes. Would you believe me if I told you those were not piranhas? I absolutely would because they don't look like piranhas. <laughs> they are just fish. Yeah, like they show you the fish. They aren't piranhas. <laughs> So, they're what was on sale at the PetSmart. Yeah, so I don't know how they get away with not being in trouble for throwing people at fish, but... Because uh, it never was aired, that's why they're not in trouble. Yeah, I guess that's the case. So, Chaos sells it the best that he can, that he's covered in bites. Yes. But it's very silly. It's not... It's probably the worst match. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because there's fish. Yes, and it... Chaos is accidentally clotheslined by his own partner into the tank. Yes. Because so, they, they just aren't in sync. They not. Mamacitas, Cervezas, Mexican stereotypes. Yes. Vampire, Vampiro kills everyone. Yes. He comes out and, like, just everyone gets a choke slam. Referees, just like. Anyone just around. Uh, we see, I think we see the Trailer Park Boys for a moment here. Yeah, he just, if you happen to be there, he choke slammed you. And uh, they set up that there will be a rematch for the WSX Championship, which never happens. Yeah. But Lacey announced... Lacey strongly hinted a second title. Yes, all about high-flying. Yes. And they will, there will be a match between Jack Evans and the Human Tornado, no time limit. You never see that match. Yeah, that match is never filmed. It is very sad. And then, um... The, our main event is Team Dragon Gate, Masato Yoshino and Genki Horiguchi, with uh, Teddy Hart and M Dog Twenty. Yes. In an exploding cage time bomb match. Yes. And basically, the way this works is, if you're thrown into the side of the cage, it explodes. Yes. On top of that, across the cage is a scaffold. If you go up to the scaffold and hit the time bomb. You have a minute to get out of the ring before the whole ring explodes. And how does the match end? Well, before we get into that, the manager interferes in this match. Yes. And shoots a fireball into Teddy Hart's face. Again, which we're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, it is the sole reason this episode does not air. Is it? Yes. It blinds uh, Teddy Hart so he accidentally power bombs the referee into the cage. So the referee explodes. As one does. Sakota is the name yes, of the... Sakota. Uh, the manager. Uh, Teddy Hart goes into the cage. M-Dog 20 goes into the cage. They set off the time bomb and everything explodes. And that is how... But the ring is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and they explode through like a camera whiteout and uh, shaky cam. Yes. That's how explosions happen. And that is the end of Wrestling Society X. Yep. So, few things I want to tell you about. All right. Uh, so, they were going to have a tag team title tournament. That was the next thing. And I'd like to point out, 
that how this show works, there was no thrown together tag team matches ever. Right. Like there was never the WWE tag match player. Yeah, like you two hate each you hate that guy and you hate that guy. Well you're a team now and you two fight those other people. That stuff never happens. Like the champion's not on every episode. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah, he's not like yeah, it's uh, it's not important that he's the focal point. Right. And I want to ask you this. Who are the superstars and who are the jobbers? It's really hard because most of the quote quote jobbers are just people you don't see much of. Like uh El Hombre Bianco Mascarado. Mm-hmm. We just don't see much of him, so I would say he's a jobber. Yeah, I would say him and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, and Scorpio Sky still gets a lot of screen time for a jobber. But as someone that loses a lot, you care about him as a character. Yeah, same with Do It For Her. Do It For Her probably jobbers. Yeah. They don't get that much screen time, but I refuse to see it that way. Because yeah, like, I love them. They Every person in here is important to the story and important as a, as a competitor. Yeah. There's no one in here that's like, oh, they're a loser. Like, it would have been really easy to make that 70s team jobbers. Yes, yeah. and they're one of, they win a lot of matches. They do. So, they were going to have this tag title tournament. I know who was supposed to win that tournament. Based on what you saw, who do you think are, were planned to be the first WSX champions? I feel like based on what we're seeing, Team Dragon Gate, because they finished so strongly... At the end of the first season. It does make sense that they they start off as losers, they're reprogrammed, and then they they come back as these killers. Yeah. It is not Team Dragon Gate. Okay. It is, is it do it for her? It is not do it for her. Boo. It is in fact Los Pochos Guapos. Which have had a storyline. Like, yeah. And you could have a satisfying story. of They're effectively underdogs. Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea of them finally getting it together and winning the championship is a great moment. And we've seen them, that they can work together and win matches. Yeah. So, like, that actually makes total sense in storyline. Yeah. It, it would have been great. Wrestling. I also know that what the, the season finale of season two was going to be the first WSX pay-per-view oh my gosh so they were actually planning a pay-per-view and one of the big attractions of that pay-per-view was going to be ricky banderas versus youth suicide in a scaffold fold match okay a scaffold fold match is where you fight on scaffold and then you win when you throw your opponent off of it okay youth suicide's function in wrestling society x was supposed to just be stunts Yes. So that's why he shows up and explodes. That's all he does. The arc of youth suicide was he gets beaten up and destroyed the whole first season. He then goes to find a teacher to help him, like, become a wrestler. And he goes to Terry Funk. Oh. And... Only on his sixth retirement, then. Yeah. And... The one thing that they had planned was that Terry Funk was going to give him a bomb and he'd have to like run to get it diffused. That's really funny. So that was like, there was a lot of things that were established in this season that were like going to pay off later. Yeah. Like they had a lot ready to go. Which is incredible because you think of like WWE, 
that has like a cast of hundreds and they can't seem to find anything for anyone to do. Here, here's another thought. There was 10 episodes, right? Yeah. 10 20 minute episodes. Yeah. Right? So overall, how many hours of, of actual content did we get here? So 10 times 20 is 200, which means we got a little under three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And if you cut... 10 minutes off, that's 190. And if you cut, like, two minutes off at the beginning of each episode that was the intro and Chris, Kloss, and Brett Ernst, that takes off another 20 minutes, which puts you at exactly a three-hour roll. Yeah! There's about as much time as a single episode of Raw is all of Wrestling Society X. And so much happens! Yes. You care. There's arcs. There's things you care about. Like... You establish these people like there's not there's never a 20 minute promo to start an episode. There's never the the term suffering succotash is never there. There's no authority figure. No, which I kind of love. Like (laughs) we clearly don't need one. Like eventually there was going to be someone in charge. Right. But like, yeah, we never need one and we never miss it. No. And, like, because in WWE, especially, the authority figure has become kind of a detriment because the authority figures seem much more concerned with their own place in the show than actually doing a show. Yeah. And, uh... We're straight up recording this during SmackDown. Yeah. I don't care. Don't care. That brings me to Fabian Kalen. Okay. I love Fabian Kalen. Fabian Kalen currently works for the WWE. Okay. He, he's a creative down in NXT. Oh. Uh, Fabian Kalen also appeared on another show. Okay. He was on the TBS reality show, He's a Lady. What? Where 11 men fought to be the most convincing woman. Yikes. <laughs> Ooh, that's that ages poorly. So, apparently, you signed up for this reality show and you didn't know what it was, and he ended up on it. I think that's hilarious. On the DVD of uh, Wrestling Society X, there's a very special video. Mm-hmm. And it starts by saying, We asked Fabian Kalen to make a video telling us his thoughts of Wrestling Society X. This is what he sent us unedited. And it's a close-up on his face. And he's talking about how, like, he loved Wrestling Society X, but he is blamed for the failure of Wrestling Society X. About how all these fans hated how he yelled and screamed. Really? So he says at the very end, and like it's it's very darkly lit and like there's like special effects and stuff. He says, But through the pummeling pain and punishment, the one thing that's always been the same is I have never been a pawn in someone else's game. So why would WSX be any different? Just a ring announcer? No, 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 my friend, so much, much more than that. For a WSX, the puppet strings were always pulled by a puppet master. 
a master of ceremonies, if you will, whom derived entertainment through the chaos and commotion through the world of WSX brought. A sick and twisted, manipulative and maniacal mystery of a man, mesmerized by misery and enthused by excitement. Do you get it now? Can you read between these lines? Can you decipher this message? If what is said is true, then responsibility must be taken, and responsibility must lie on me, for WSX was supposed to be so much more. Millions of wrestling fans can't be wrong, can they? Wrestling magazines can't be wrong, can they? Marks and smarks alike can't be wrong, can they? For the responsibility of the failure of WSX, according to you, the fans must lie on me. Many of you say it was the shouting, the running around the ring, the yelling. The intensity that spewed through my skin, distorting for some the words created by my tongue. So what would be the responsible thing to do? And then he cuts his tongue out. Yikes! Holy cow! <laughs> like, it's amazing, like, Having watched Wrestling Society X, which is nothing but flash and color, mm-hmm. to have this video on this DVD that's like dark, long, intense promo. And it just ends with darkness and it's just like... Ugh, I don't it. like it. Don't like it. Don't oh, like it. I remember just like watching that alone in my basement like, oh... Damn it! I'm so glad I didn't watch that with you because I would have hidden under the couch with the dog. So, Fabian Kalen, big fan. He did a great job. Yeah, I really love him in this. I I liked that he was a very different kind of ring announcer. Yeah, he gives the show a different identity, which I absolutely love. Like it makes it a little. One of the big critiques of WWE you see is that it's. Spit polish to a fault. Yeah. Everything is very pretty. Everything. In an episode of Total Divas, one of the Bella Twins calls it Broadway with body slams. Yeah. And that's very much how it feels. It feels very sanitary, very pretty, very polished. And Fabian Kalen really does help. This isn't that. This is not polished. Things can go wrong. I'm going to run around in a circle and scream. Like, he's unsettling in a yeah. good way. Yeah. he's It's super interesting. So let me ask you this. Yep. You know that this they filmed all this in five days. hmm And you know that we've only watched, like, half of the wrestling matches because there was also all the wrestling extras. Yeah. You had all these men doing insane stunts, wrestling multiple matches in a couple days. How do you think the injury report for this show is? No injuries? Teddy Hart hurt his elbow. Oh. And that's it. Everybody was fine. Because <laughs> uh, I think one of the big contributors to injuries is work rate. Work rate and I think travel. Yeah, like I think one of the big things that affects like your WWE wrestlers more than anything is that there's never... You can wrestle five days straight and then take a week off. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? 
And uh, my my final uh, bit of note. And also, these matches are so short. That they asked the creator of Wrestling Society X if he had any regrets about the show, and he said, "My only regret is that we were never able to release Wrestling Society X uncut, because every match is like ten minutes." Ooh. And the fact, the amount of stuff that's cut out and the stories that they tell in those matches is heartbreaking that no one will ever see. I mean, maybe if we all bother the crap out of the Wrestling Society X Twitter account. Oh, I'm sure he w- that's the one that wants to release it. It's MTV that won't release it. That's so strange. MTV, like, this is a bastard stepson to Jackass. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame, though. Uh, any other bits of trivia that you found that you wanted to share? I don't have a lot of other trivia. Most of my trivia actually worked in pretty well. All right, so we got to give it a verdict. All right. What do you think, Noah? It's 100% a stay tuned. Like, not only do I wish there was more of this, but I will watch and rewatch what there is of this over and over again. And it's such an interesting time capsule. Mm-hmm. Like... The people who are there, seeing where they are now, seeing them all just kind of jammed together and in this like weird moment is just so crazy to me. And uh, I'm a big fan of a YouTube called Wrestling With Regret. Yes, and he did a show on this. He did well. a response to it, and when he did it, the only person that people knew was Seth Rollins. Like, looking back now, and you know who Scorpio Sky is, and you know who... Jack Evans. Jack Evans, Joey Ryan is. Yeah. It, like... Seeing all these people there at this time is just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, I really... I'm going to go ahead and say it's a stay tuned. With the comment that this is something that you could revive next year. And bring back. Like, this is one of those weird shows that, like, is not only a stay tuned, but a why not now. I think the spiritual successor to this show is Lucha Underground. Absolutely. That Where same... it's just like, we're in the same place every time, the temple. Like, it's about high-flying, big spots. It's syndicated. Like, there are seasons. Like, there's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, I absolutely agree that Lucha Underground takes a lot from Wrestling Society X. But I think it's a stay tuned, and I think that uh, maybe MTV should consider bringing it back. Yeah, get back on that. Like, there's so much wrestling right now. Why not more? Yeah, and like, this is such a different, weird thing that could be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Theme episodes. What are we doing next week, Laura? Next week we are doing the Adam West classic, Look Well. Yes, Adam West, my boy. Adam West, Adam Westing at his Adam Westiest. Very excited for that. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomshow at gmail.com or you can... Uh, Facebook or Twitter us at Stay Doomed. Where can people see us live? Uh, you can see us live on uh, this weekend at Wizard World Philadelphia. Woo! We will be doing three shows. We will be doing comedy. We will be doing Game the Gamer. And we will be doing Stay Doomed Live. Stay Doomed Live. So come out and see us. And then the weekend of June 21st through 23rd, we will be in Oaks, PA at the Too Many Games Expo. Be sure to come see us there. Also, Dexcon. Okay, we are... Okay, I wasn't sure if we were announcing Dexcon. And then 4th of July weekend in Morristown, New Jersey, we will be at Dexcon. 
Woo woo. Whoop whoop. If you want to talk to me about all the wonders of Wrestling Society X, I'm at TV's Noah. If you want more professional wrestlers to wear eyeliner, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.